Cannabis.net is known as the Facebook of weed. Kurt Dalton is the founder. He joins me as we check in with Washington, D.C. and the NCIA's Morgan Fox on In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. Don't look now, but it's a whole new world of weed out there. Pot is flower, it's Bruce Banner and Blue Dream. You've got bongs and dabs, resin and shatter, vaping and edibles, new terms, new strains, and new ways to use cannabis sativa, the plant. Some just made with CBD, and hemp has minimal THC. There's sativa and indica strains and 100 chemicals, all legal in 10 states for adult use. There's a lot to get to know. Get used to it, folks, because it's legal in the Bay State and it's not going away. Neither is In the Weeds with Jimmy Young next. Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called cannabis sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first. It says, say thanks. I'm going to say <laughs> thanks. Welcome back to a very special edition of In the Weeds, live from the Performer Radio and TV Studios in Quincy, Massachusetts. I am Jimmy Young, the host of In the Weeds, and I'm very happy to welcome in Kurt Dalton, who is the Evergreen Buzz's managing director. He's the grand poobah of Cannabis.net. He's the man around the cannabis world. I'm so happy that we've connected and you were willing to come in again on a Thursday night and keep this thing going and uh, wave the flag. Any help that Cannabis.net can give you, James, we want to get you worldwide. Letterman, all the way. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And we've had some great guests. Uh, doctors. Um, Dr. Eric Ruby was here. Uh, Beth Dost was here. And of course, uh, Stephen Mandilli yeah. uh, as well. I mean, those guys are the legends of cannabis advocacy here in Massachusetts. Um, and I think that you're a legend in the media world. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. Um, Kurt, tell us a little bit about Cannabis.net and, uh, and how the heck you found out about us, too, because, you know, the Facebook of weed is how you are uh, branded now, right? Yeah, so the URL uh, became available about four years ago, and I got it at auction. And in a niche where you can't buy advertising, for those people that don't know, um, there's no advertising being bought through Google or Facebook or Instagram through traditional sources. We knew that uh, this was going to be a... Uh, traffic grab. You need as much traffic as you could. So we set out to create a one-stop shop for cannabis where we do full mapping uh, for dispensaries, lawyers, doctors, any type of cannabis business. Uh, full uh, social network, the Facebook of Weed, where people can exchange stories, ask grow questions, put up pictures. Uh, we also have a full cannabis job board, knowing that cannabis jobs are going to be popular going forward. Uh, full cannabis and CBD events page. You can search by your zip code, check things out. Uh, we do have a CBD store online as well. Is that full-spectrum CBD, as we just learned from the doctor? That's really the only kind of CBD yep. that should be bought. Don't buy it at, ga at gas right. stations, people. Yeah, exactly. So we uh, deal with only providers that can give us lab results. Um, uh, and then perfect. We're, we're able to use different products. And we try to create a place where people could compare products. So if you wanted tinctures or a salve, it wasn't just one brand. So we have, uh, I think, 11 different companies in there with their products. And um, interesting, uh, Dr. Ruby mentioned it, uh, Charlotte's Web. I take it every day now in a dropper. 
um, and it has gotten rid of the aches that I have in my hands. Um, and, and it's interesting when I run out of it, guess what? The ache comes back. So I go out and I got the liquid again. I was trying the pill form. The pill form didn't work. And again, this is what you have to do with this now. It, it, you have to experiment with yourself to see what products are going to work for you. And everybody and everybody is different. And that is a challenge when you're dealing with a medicine, right? Yeah, and you, so you're, you're talking about the anti-inflammatory uh, properties for like right. arthritis. Yep. Um, there's also a big um, difference between people that believe in whole plant medicine, the mm -hmm. entourage effect, meaning mm -hmm. you need a little more THC in there, mm -hmm. to the people that say get their CBD from hemp, which have a very low component of THC and other cannabinoids. Right. Um, so that you have to check as well because some people will respond to a very low dose of THC and other people will need a higher dose. And that's not to get stoned or high, it's literally part of the medicine. This is the problem with the stigma, that everybody still like, oh geez, I don't know if I wanna, I don't wanna you know, get crazy mm -hmm. anymore. You know, I understand there's more THC in it than it. Dr. Ruby said it, read the labels. You know, and, and he thinks that they have to actually improve their labeling of the medicine. Yeah, there's a generation right now, and it's not their fault, it was the miseducation that came in the last, uh, 30 or 40 years that says as soon as you heard the word THC uh, you know people freak out they'll I don't want to get high I don't want to get stoned I don't want THC well you actually need THC for some of the interactions in the body and for the for the CBD to be effective you need sometimes more than 0.3 percent so but you don't need 17 percent either I mean a six or a seven percent THC component can be fine and not get you wasted either. Oh yeah, definitely. So a general edible dose, which would be THC going through the liver, which becomes a much stronger version of THC is about 10 milligrams for an adult. That's a that's a getting stone dose. So if you're doing three to five milligrams, you may not even uh, feel any psychoactive effect. You'll just feel a nice relaxation in the body. You know, you'll get your arthritis or your pain in your knee or your hip to stop. Right. And you're not stoned or whacked out as the as, as you were you have been told for 50 years that's or 62 years uh yep. if you will um one of the things we're going to try and do here which we haven't done of course this is the first time we've been in this studio so we're mm -hmm. learning the different Beautiful. capability it really is a good yeah. looking studio yep. we are getting some good feedback now and I, again i want to thank the people behind the scenes mm -hmm. here mike zotos uh, who runs this studio uh joyce gerber our executive producer and jason wolf former weei guy now with uh, money matters radio and doing a few other things um, they were able to figure out how best to get this going but Facebook you know we talk about media right and there's still this um, feeling that Facebook they, they don't want anything having to do with cannabis so the, the signal on Facebook's been bouncing around and they're pulling it down and um, it just doesn't make any sense to me all we're doing we're not talking by the way here Kurt and you, you saw I talking to the doctors and the PhDs right I'm not sitting here talking about how to roll a joint I'm not talking about which strain I like I'm talking about medicine I'm talking about the benefits that this can have for you not the negatives and yet you you know you still have companies like Facebook pulling it down because ooh, it, it's controversial we could get in trouble for that come on really it's the 21st century it, it's a very fickle uh, monitoring system between their AI which is looking for keywords and probably through voice to actual human monitors so tonight as a perfect example we don't have bongs sitting here we don't have dabs we don't no. have smoke and and vapor going we're literally discussing it as if we were talking about the Celtics at, a, right. at, at WEI and 
Facebook has taken this feed down at least three times. Wow, so. that's crazy. But it's good though because now I get to blog about it yep. and get and 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 again voice my opinion and put it out there. And this is what. This is why we founded Pro Cannabis Media, is we want to tell your stories, Kurt. We want to tell the stories of Dr. Eric Ruby, which was really, compa- I mean, holy moly. Um, and, and Stephen Mandilli and all that. And now we've got a, do we have a phone or we're going to make the phone call? We have the phone call. So is Morgan on the, on the line? Morgan Fox is with us? Are you there, Morgan? Hey, Jimmy. Thanks for having me. Wow. Fantastic. First of all, Thank you so much for uh, actually taking the time out of your battle with the latest virus. I understand you're a little under the weather. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, little kids are a germ factory. Yes, they are. And isn't parenting the toughest job you'll ever have, by the way? That's for sure. All right. So we're talking to Morgan Fox. He's with the NCIA as a media communications media uh, liaison. And Morgan, I got to tell you again, the NCIA, I've been so impressed with the organization visiting Washington, D.C., seeing what the lobbyists do down there. There's a lot of movement. Can you give us an update on what happened even yesterday in uh, in the various workings of Congress? Oh, absolutely. Uh, yesterday was really a, a groundbreaking moment in terms of cannabis policy reform because it was the first time that the uh, House Judiciary Committee, uh, it was actually a subcommittee of that, but it was the first time that any subcommittee of the Judiciary Committee had actually considered the idea of uh, cannabis policy reform on a large scale. And uh, not only were all of the witnesses that were called, including by the Republicans, uh, in favor of sweeping reforms, but uh, not a single member of that committee actually spoke out against legalization. You know, some people were talking about concerns about uh, traffic issues and about teen use, but all the witnesses there uh, just effectively relayed the information that we all know is true, that uh, legalizing cannabis does not contribute to these factors. And uh, there was an excellent exploration into how we can uh, end cannabis uh, cannabis prohibition in a way that uh, helps to address some of the damage that has been done by prohibition to marginalized communities and particularly people of color. And that's the first time that that has ever happened in Congress. So it was a huge day. So that's awesome. And congratulations for that. One of the things I'm reading about is that cannabis advocates are actually debating now since the movement is happening and it's getting more and more um, uh, powerful, uh, sweeping. Do you go for the home run here? Do you go for federal decriminalization, federal legalization? I mean, what is the end game here? Well, I think that it's important to realize that uh, it's very unlikely that any sort of comprehensive uh, change, whether it's uh, uh, a complete bill that uh, respects states' rights and uh, respects state cannabis laws, or a bill that completely removes cannabis from the uh, schedule of controlled substances, neither of those really stand any chance of passing this year. But we have a lot of momentum on the issue, and we've had more hearings about cannabis-related bills this year than in any year previously. So there's no reason for us not to push for the farthest reaching reforms that we possibly can and see what we can get out of it in the next session. You know, Barney Frank, when I interviewed him, he thought it would be um, a lot better if you guys would just take an easy win in the beginning, which is to open up the banks and get the Safe Banking Act, uh, you know, passed. Um, But because of the momentum, you feel like, you know what, we got to put a few more amendments on here. We could get more than that. Is that what's been going on? 
Well, not exactly, because the Safe Banking Act is a, uh, a singular piece of legislation that addresses an existing problem, and it doesn't require any members of Congress to take a position one way or the other on legalization. It addresses the problem that lack of access to financial services in the cannabis industry is creating public safety problems, and it's also preventing small businesses and marginalized communities from getting into the industry. And that's something that can be very solved with this one piece of legislation in the Safe Banking Act. And that is also the piece of legislation that has the most support in Congress, uh, bipartisan support across the board. And uh, we're actually looking at the possibility of a hearing in the Senate in the next couple of weeks. So uh, something like that, that is a small fix that could actually make people's lives better across the country in uh, legal and medical states is uh, something that we should absolutely pursue. Um, when we're talking about larger legalization bills, uh, the chances of something like that actually coming up for a, hear, uh, for a vote is uh, very unlikely this year. So we can support incremental change, absolutely, but we should be pushing for as much as we can. Hey, Morgan, this is Kurt with Cannabis.net. I had a quick question. Um, what about a presidential action who's facing re-election and, and may need um, some swing voters and um, you know to look like he, he's going with the people? Is there any... Any real um, chance that Trump does something uh, again that could screw this up? Well, oh no! I mean, executive <laughs> order—he wants to take credit for it. Could we right. see that during an election period to kind of win over voters, or is that just pie in the sky? Well, I don't think that there's any sort of executive order that could end prohibition effectively. Uh, there certainly could be orders uh, that would de facto allow things to move forward. But that's basically where we are now, because uh, William Barr, the attorney general, has said that he's not going to go after states uh, that have decided to uh, enact sensible cannabis policies. Uh, but until we have actual laws passed, that's still just at the whim of the Department of Justice or at the executive. Um, and until we get Congress to act, there's really uh, no reason for us to sit on our laurels. That being said, uh, the president has said in the past that he would support the uh, the States Act, and I think that it's possible that we could uh, push for even more. So who knows what could happen in the 2020 congressional session? Yeah, no, I think it's interesting that it's cannabis that is reaching across the aisles where you have both Republicans and Democrats agreeing that something has to be done uh, in a positive way to decriminalize or legalize or open up the banks. I mean, it's, it's a fascinating time to be in Washington, isn't it, Morgan? Yeah. Who would have thought that this once heavily contentious issue would now be low-hanging fruit for people that want to uh, take a bite out of uh, criminal justice? It is amazing. It is amazing. Morgan, I know you, um, I, I, I said five minutes. I want to give you the five minutes. I thank you so much. I am going to see you in San Jose in a couple of weeks at the NCIA uh, convention, correct? Absolutely, and I encourage any of your listeners to uh, uh, come see the uh, Cannabis Business Summit. It's in San Jose from July 22nd through 24th. We expect to have uh, over 150 speakers, 450 exhibitors, and over 10,000 attendees. So uh, if you're able to, please come out and you want to see the uh, cutting edge of the cannabis industry and all aspects of it, including ancillary businesses. Uh, highly recommend it. Well, that's why I'm making the trip out there to Planet California, and I will be experiencing it, covering it, and I'm sure I'll get a few interviews. Right, Morgan? Oh, absolutely. All right. Appreciate your time. Feel better. Thank you very much. Chicken Thanks soup. Chicken soup and hot tea. And CBD. And CBD, right. Thank you, Morgan. <laughs>
That was Morgan Fox. He's the media relations director out there at uh, the NCIA. They do an amazing job. And I, I think they're even surprised at how much movement they're getting now. But I, I just worry about the climate. You, you brought up the presidential thing. I mean, everybody on the Democratic side is pretty much pro-cannabis. Um, and the Republicans really, I think, they're trying to figure out, gee, you know, how do we, how do we make sure we stay in office? We have to do something with this um, legalization thing, right? As Morgan said, it's, it's, it's become low-hanging fruit. It's got such popularity on both sides of the aisle, obviously Democrats, but even Republican states that are getting tax revenue from, um, you know, medical cannabis, if not recreational, all want to take credit. So that's why I asked the question, I mean, being on the cannabis side, is there a, a little bit of a Hail Mary? Could Trump just walk out one day with, with if, if he's neck and neck with a Democratic and say, here's the new deal, I'm, I'm signing it today? And he, he answered that question like, well, you never know, but don't count on it. Right. <laughs> that's right. I'm not counting on anything because you don't know what the, which way the wind is going, you know, which way his hair will blow. As you can <laughs> tell, you know which way I lean anyway. Um, so it, it, it's a, it, it is a fascinating time to be following this. Aren't you amazed? And, and your site, by the way, Pretty much anything you want to learn about cannabis, you can find out on cannabis.net. You got to search for it, but you have tons of information there, don't you? Yeah, we have about uh, 3,000 articles up. So if you go to the blog news tab and just use the search bar, and one thing we do is we, uh, you know, we have very good medical writers, which was our first uh, uh, foray into content, but we also have some really good editorials um, that. We just cover stuff that other people won't do or give opinions other people don't want to take. So we will come out and say things and say, this is what we're seeing and we don't like it or this is what we do like. Where other sites may just kind of recycle the press releases and such. Gotcha. Hey, I think we're going to, are we making another phone call or do we have them? We have Dan McCarthy on the line? Awesome. I think you know this gentleman. Uh, Dan McCarthy, how are you? Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> welcome hello. to welcome back to In the Weeds with Jimmy Young. It's Dan McCarthy. Is it okay to call you the former editor of Sensi Magazine and now current canapreneur? Yes. Good. <laughs> How are you doing? Um, well, well, yes, yeah, that's accurate. Uh, very, very recently, uh, former Sensi, uh, the current issue of Sensi Boston. Uh, that's out now. The July issue is my last. Uh, my last issue, and uh, yeah, now I'm the uh, new director of communications and sort of content overlord of Cannabis Partners, uh, which is a Westboro, Mass-based cannabis holding company and uh, entrepreneurial investment firm. You know, connecting the right investors with the right cannabis entrepreneurs, kind of circling around for the sort of global one percent outliers and the the real all stars of people that have the right ideas that really, you know, need the funding to take things going. Absolutely. And, and Dan, I, I want to tell you, I, I not only do I enjoy meeting you and getting to know you as a person, but I really did respect your writing. I, I, I will admit I will I will miss it, but I think you're going to be doing writing for Canapreneur, too. Yeah, I mean, so, uh, you know, obviously, I, I my background is as a journalist and, uh, you know, a content creator. Um, so I'm basically doing a lot of what I did for Sensi and what I've been doing in freelance for everything from, you know, Vice, Daily Beast, Boston Globe, what, uh, FOMAG, whatever I've been actually contributing to, uh, bringing all of that and sort of funneling that 
that kinetic and sometimes kinetic energy I have uh, all into this 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 project and this this company to you know really try and help get a lot of stuff off the ground uh, and and I mean I'm just you know you know Jimmy you know me I, I've been a part of the industry for a long time just in terms of covering it and you know being sort of flanked by activist circles and some of the more colorful cultural uh, you know ebbs and flows that come along and some of the adventures that I've gotten into for uh, storytelling, but, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, with the content that we're kind of, you know, if you, if you check out cannapreneurpartners.com, you know, it's kind of a mouthful. It's, you know, canna as in cannabis, cannapreneurpartners.com. There's a, you know, a news tab where we're sort of experimenting and getting some good content up and, uh, getting some reactions from our CEO. The company has a lot of, uh, you know, deep background in financial services and wealth management and that sort of thing. You know, they kind of reached out to me as sort of their arbiter or their, or, you know, sort of the bridge and oracle into the the macro and sometimes very micro green team. Gotcha. Um, so we're talking with Dan McCarthy. Uh, Kirk Dalton is with us, obviously, Dan, from Cannabis.net. Um, one of the things that Dr. Eric Ruby brought up that I found um, a little surprising, but I'm mm-hmm. probably a little naive about this, is that the medical community is continuing to resist learning more about cannabis as a medicine. What do you think? Why do you think that? Why are they still resisting this? Well, I mean, it really it really depends on your school of thought, right? It's like a lot of things. You know, cannabis, you know, cannabis, there's a great meme that uh, goes around where it's like, you know, it shows like a happy, goofy, you know, borking little fat golden Labrador, right? Next to like a double scale size replica of like the American werewolf, London werewolf. And the meme is like what, what people think cannabis is and what it actually is. And I'll let you figure out which one the banner goes under. Um, and that's it, it, that, that kind of overlays into uh, a lot of different aspects about cannabis. In terms of the medical community, I mean, look, I in no way am a doctor. Uh, I definitely did not uh, go through the rigors of which I'm aware of for medical training in medical school. Uh, what I will say is that there's a lot of learning to be done. Um, there's a lot of research that, you know, we're in the quagmire, right? Where for a long time it was like, well, there's no research, there's no findings, there's no data. Then it's like, well, why isn't there any federal research or data? We now, you know, obviously because of its uh, classification and schedule rating, a lot of those things are sort of in flux and seemingly on the precipice of, of moving into uh, different stages that can open up everything from, you know, federal back research uh, all the way up to banking services and everything else. Exactly why some aspects of the medical community have very sharp or, or completely contrarian and neo if not post-prohibitionist attitudes, I mean, sometimes it boils down to the person. You know, sometimes it boils down to their perspective and their interpretation of science, their 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 distillation of it. I mean, uh, you know, the medical community is, in theory, uh, always going to be on the side of do no harm, right? Um, I understand how, you know, sometimes uh, I've encountered aspects of, you know, the medical community that, that's cautious, cautiously optimistic. Very rarely have I personally interacted with the medical community that is completely oppositional. I know it's out there, though. Um, so, it, you know, in, in general, I think it really comes down to a multitude of factors. 
But, you know, if you listen to one extreme side of the argument, you know, you've got the real sort of conspiracy theorists that say, you know, hey, there's, you know, there's no money and you're getting healthy. Uh, if you subscribe to that, great. I don't. I think it's, I think it's a very gray zone, much like everything else about this unprecedented movement and unprecedented time uh, in, in history as it regards to uh, cannabis. Um, hey, so Dan, uh, we just talked with Morgan Fox of the NCIA down in Washington D.C., and Great. as you know, um, there's been incredible movement on the um, decriminalization, legalization, uh, descheduling front down there in D.C. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of movement, a lot of now debates within the cannabis community about exactly what they can accomplish with this momentum. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that they should be going for a single as opposed to a home run, if you don't mind the sports analogy? <laughs> that's, about, that's about the extent of, uh, of my understanding of sports <laughs> analogies, unfortunately. And, and depending, that's on what your, depending on what your, viewer, your listenership is or viewership is, you know, hopefully that, that secret can uh, you know, pass by the way. But, um, uh, you know, personally, uh, I, uh, if I was to boil it down into that kind of a dichotomy, um, I would hope for a home run, but it all depends on how you define that home run versus, you know, how you're defining that single. Is the single, you know, getting, you know, moving, moving the ball down the field a little more to extend your sports analogy, uh, Mr. Young? Uh, or is it, you know, it is what could be considered that, that single, quote unquote, uh, is that a major issue that, in the larger context is but one issue, but maybe carries particular different cultural uh, weight, right? Or, or you know, cultural, uh, historical understanding of maybe the, the roots of a particular problem. Of course, it, this could be anything from social equity to social justice reform to extreme arguments of if there's one person in jail for low-level nonviolent cannabis possession, you know, that are rotting in jail because of various factors, a lot of them obviously now that the research is out, rooted in race, not to, not to uh, uh, turn, it, turn the conversation that way. But look, I mean, it's a reality. And at the end of the day, you really have to define what battles you want until we get to the point of federal probe, you know, deprohibition, right? Until that, until it actually full legalization happens, there are actually a lot of new arguments spiraling off. This is, I mean, this is really a time to not be bored. Whatever side of the argument you fall on, this is one of those things that's really getting going and reaching a critical mass that finally it's, you know, think about this, right? You know, when I used to uh, lecture at the Northeastern Institute of Cannabis in Natick, a vocational learning institution that was around for a few years here in Massachusetts, um, you know, I used to talk about the fact that I love my mom dearly, but my mom is sort of reliably, you know, five years behind the culture. And kind of like the opening of that movie Contact, where it just starts with a shot of the earth and the camera pans backwards. And as it goes farther and farther away, you're hearing the radio of the 70s and the 60s and the 50s and 40s and onward and so on. And like for, I remember the first day that my mom asked about CBD and asked like, hey, do you know anywhere I can get some cream? I I might need some for my ankle. I read that it's kind of good. It's this new thing. First of all, you know, I did a, you know, I'm coming, Martha, kind of gripping my chest the day I was listening to this. Um, And then realized that, wow, this is starting to penetrate to the point that if it's reaching that sort of 
stratosphere of the cultural kind of, you know, tiptoeing into cannabis, and that means it's actually the ball is actually farther down the field than we think. Uh, again, no disrespect to my mother, but that's a good metric because a few years before that, if I even mentioned that I had a giant stinky sack of weed in my pocket, she might have had a heart attack. It was just one of those things. Yeah, we're moving in that direction. I want to ask you about the media for a second here. Um, sure. and, and also the stupid behavior still of people who are trying to drive hundreds of pounds of weed over the border from state to state or Canada or wherever it is that they get this stuff and then bring it into to Massachusetts. I mean, and of course, the media has to cover stories like this, but is it, mm-hmm. is it, uh, to me, it the blame relies on, uh, is on the, the industry because it, it's tough for the industry to police themselves when people are out there, you know, on the illegal market trying to make a quick buck and, you know, then they do something stupid and get pulled over and get arrested. And that's the lead story on the news. Well, I mean, you know, first of all, for the last, uh, you know, ever since Washington uh, legalized uh, medical, right, as soon as they came out of the gate, ever since then, you know, cannabis has been a sexy headline. There is no greater place to catch the scum and villainy of your regional culture and society than on the evening local, you know, affiliate, you know, uh, local news. And if anything in town, city, region was caught with some kind of, you know, combination of don't need the details, can just picture it if, if the headline will just paint it right, kind of stories of, you know, these, these you know, horrible uh, uh, wanton gangs uh, carting, you know, upwards of three ounces in a, in a bag with a small glass pipe and a lighter <laughs> across, you know, the border. My God, you know, like everybody's, you know, forget it. Like we're, it's going to weaken the resolve of our allies and make our children's heads cave in and feet fall off and so on. Then it would get up to, well, here's actual weight being moved. Of course, that's always going to be a sexy headline, right? Of course, it's going to get attention. Where is that now in terms, uh, sorry, in sort of relation or not reflection of not only where legalization is, but, uh, you know, many of the glaring issues. And I mean, while we're still dealing in these sort of like neo-tribalistic uh, states' rights, uh, which are great, and of course the recent uh, 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 bill and legislature uh, discussing about making, enforcing the States Act and making sure there's no federal um, enforcement uh, coming in. Um, you know, you're going to be dealing with the fact that there are very happy people, very angry people, and everything in between in the cannabis community. And if you've got people that have the means to make a buck that are doing this, I mean, it, you ha- it hasn't been stopped for the last 100 years, if not the last 50 years in, in pop culture, uh, but also in how people have been tracking what's been going on. So when you're looking at it in terms of the media loves to latch onto it, well, look at this giant bust, right? Everybody now, if you follow a particular strain of media or social media, eventually on something you follow, there's going to be that standard shot of X-Town police force standing there with a few people, like, you know, in their gear with their hands behind their back with, like, sometimes large amounts of cannabis, you know, material and edibles and gummies and these other things, sometimes comically, ridiculously small busts and things that become their own sort of punchline and meme in, in the uh, the cesspool that is Twitter and, and social media at times. Um, but 
there is movement, though, and what the media, I think, and hopefully can help push towards covering more is the fact that, you know, law enforcement are in different ways and fits and starts, depending on where you talk about, are, are kind of coming around. I mean, let's start way at the big top, right? Uh, you know, what was the what was the announcement in California at LAX by TSA a couple was it a couple months ago? They're like, look, OK, we're not going to if you have weed in your bag and you're leaving here a legal state, we don't care. Like we're looking for bombs and knives and, you know, right. explosives and these things. Right. You know, we don't care. We can't say what's going to happen where you're going. We just don't care. So that's sort of, you know, one one major flag in the sand. The other is that, you know, I mean, we were at uh, I was at the uh, State House News Forum's uh, panel on social equity and the need for, uh, you know, sort of capital investment to get a lot of these entrepreneurs off the ground and how you know the social equity in Massachusetts can improve and these other things. It was a great panel the other week. And uh, and following that, there was, you know, sort of a discussion um, uh, on, you know, talking about the existence or the sort of maintenance of where the black market is and how it's sort of shifting and ebbing and flowing uh, based on the fits and starts of the different states doing different things in legalization. Um, you know, and I think it was, was it Walpole Police Chief? Carmichael, yes. I, I yes. think it was. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, that's what it is. Okay, so he was there, and I think he—I mean—he said it right on stage. He's like, "Look, you know, we're at a point where you know it was almost like don't make us, you know, make a big thing about wheat. Like we're not coming for that. We're not spending the resources to go shake down somebody with like a quarter ounce of of flour and a couple brownies in their pocket. Right. right? If there's some kind of major, obvious, illegal operation going on that is flagrantly violating not only the rules but creating a potential safety hazard for a neighborhood or something with some like horrible grow or some you know i think he gave a couple stories about them getting calls to go check out you know butane explosions and these other things for people trying to make concentrates but i mean if at the end of the day the media starts to pay more attention to the shifts and the grand uh sort of de-stigmata uh, of cannabis, um, from everything from, you know, the, 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 the generational, uh, shift and who's becoming the greatest users of cannabis. I mean, Jimmy, I, you're, you're, you're in there or if you're not, you're about to get there. You know what I'm saying? I have a baby boomer. I'll admit it. Okay. Um, I know, but, but I mean, the fact you took your first dabs on camera at the Boston Freedom Rally, you know what I mean? Like it was, you're, uh, you're definitely, you're, you're definitely at the vanguard. Yeah. I appreciate that. I, I'm, I'm other places too. <laughs> Yeah, no. Um, by the way, that's still one of the most viewed videos that we've ever produced, I just want to say. I can't imagine why. <laughs> it was pretty funny, that's why. It was great. Yeah. And afterwards, man, you were, you were bouncing off the bandstand talking to Patriots players and... Uh, who, who was there? There's some old like like quarterback from the Chicago Jim Bears or something. Jim McMahon, right, Mick with Mann, Dr. Uma, Doctor Uma, That's and right. Jim McMahon. It's a great picture. Actually, it was part of our little sizzle reel that we had at the beginning of the show, and we'll show again at the end. Uh, but Dan yeah, McCarthy, absolutely. as usual, when it comes time to actually fill time, I know exactly who to go to, <laughs> uh, and I appreciate you taking some time out on a Thursday night to talk to us. I want to get you in studio. I think we're going to come back to this studio again. I think we're going to be let back in the door and i don't care whether facebook carries us or not to be honest at this point i don't oh, I, 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 no i saw it it was in my feed it was floating around I, I you got a couple likes for me that's for sure all right well that's good hey you know what social media is a whole new world out there like it is a whole new world of weed so uh dan mccarthy uh, one more plug for canopreneurs and how do they oh, find sure. out more about it 
Yeah, I mean, uh, just check out CannabisPartners.com for anybody interested um, in uh, sort of anything from, you know, uh, a business consultation. But more importantly, looking into what Cannapreneur is doing in terms of we've just launched $150 million fundraise uh, to, uh, to break across all the different sectors of cannabis. We've got a investor wait list from months of sort of, um, you know, previewing what was coming with Cannapreneur. Uh, there's, you know, some success uh, stories already in the pile uh, in terms of both bringing projects to fruition as well as uh, connecting investors and entrepreneurs, uh, both local and national, um, with the right kind of partnerships and offering that sort of operational support. Uh, and I'll tell you what, man, they did the right thing and just they, they brought me in. So we can just make this an entire, you know, entire homogenous family. Well, we look forward to that. I'll tell you, I'm going to give you a tip about Trella Technologies. I don't know if you about to know this company, but I, I do know Trella, yes. Asia Nicole Atwood was in studio uh, in, uh, yesterday. She said they're doing a crowdfunding initiative now. We actually may play mm-hmm. one of their videos uh, later on this program. But uh, Dan, again, Dan McCarthy, Canapreneur, uh, always great to talk with you. And I look forward to uh, talking with you again. And maybe we'll get you in studio the next time. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, guys. We'll talk soon. All right. There goes Dan McCarthy. And I'll tell you, he's he's everywhere. You see him on uh, New England Cable News. You see him on other places. I mean, he's really become uh, a media personality for cannabis. He's high energy and for Massachusetts where it's at with rec and opening. And I mean, for the East Coast, we really are a leading state. It doesn't feel like it, but for the East Coast... Like this is where it's happening right now until New York gets their act together. So and and you know what? That's going to be the ballot question in 2020. Yep. Both New Jersey and New York, I think, are going to have it. And then it'll take another two years for the legislature yep. to figure it out from there. But that's how this is working. It's a slow rollout. Revolutionary Clinics is just one of 49 medical cannabis dispensaries in Massachusetts, but there's a reason why it's one of the most popular. It's their patient-first philosophy. All day long, they teach, they educate, they communicate about this complicated plant called Cannabis Sativa. That's true. Whether you visit their Cambridge location in Fresh Pond at 110 Fawcett Street or at 67 Broadway in Somerville. Revolutionary Clinics, where the patient comes first.